Hey everybody, welcome to Game Off Podcast. This is episode 34. We're covering the Ubisoft Forward Conference this weekend, as well as the Devolver Direct. Uh, and we also got a showcase, two great games, Deep Rock Galactic, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot. I'm your co-host, Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia, along with... Andrew, a.k.a. Solid Talker here. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing this week? You know, I'm doing okay, which is vastly different than I've been the last... That's not. It's the same. It's the same answer okay. every, every I was, week. I was like, do, do we need to talk? Do, do you need a hand? You know, actually, I'm glad that you asked. I don't need anything. Can you, can you just <laughs> turn off the cameras, turn off the microphones for a second? We're going to have a very serious talk. <laughs> we just come back. We're all red-eyed. It's just, uh, everything's great, guys. <laughs> what, all right. We got two big conferences that would normally happen during E3 happened this weekend. Ubisoft Devolver Direct. Devolver happened first. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, what happened there? What the Devolver do? Direct. Um, so we're on, I want to say, year four of the Devolver Marketing Cinematic Universe. And I'm <laughs> going to try to keep spoilers for those of you who are interested in seeing what happens to Nina Struthers and the rest of the Devolver gang. I'm going to try to keep all, all, all the plot spoilers out of this and just talk about the announcements. Because there's a lot going on. You, you watched it, right? You've seen it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the, at this point there's a good a solid 2 hours, so it's like a, a movie now. Oh yeah, and it's it's, just... it's at that especially now it is at that level of production. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> like they're, they're, they do a fantastic job. There's full cameos. There was a there was, you know, custom soundtracks written. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. If there's one absolutely batshit presentation that you should watch from this weekend, it's that one. And there are probably more presentations that I'm not even aware of that were equally batshit. But the we knew about or the, this the first thing that they showed that we knew about going into it because they had tweeted about it a little bit was Shadow Warrior three. Did you play any of the Shadow Warrior the 2016 or the 2013 one? I actually just started the first Shadow Warrior uh, the other day, so I only finished like the the prologue and chapter one. Mm. They're they're great games. I really enjoy them. Very, um, very old school, like, like definitely like have like a pre-Doom feel to it, but also like it evolved and sort of like ushered in this new era of these like, I don't, what do you call them? Like sidesteppy shooters? Yeah, it, it's um, the the 2013 one was really interesting as it, it was just like kind of that that very melee based combat and very quick fire um, switching between melee and weapons in a very linear game. And then the second one in twenty, I think I want to say twenty sixteen, had a lot more. It was more open world, mission based, almost like a Borderlands, where you mm-hmm. had this kind of hub where you took on missions and side quests, found loot, equipped stuff, equipped skills. So I'm very interested to see what they do with this third one, especially now that they were showing off all of that, uh, all the work they've put into basically Titanfall two level uh, level traversal and movement. Yeah. Yeah, the wall running really looked wild. The, the wall running, the, the grappling hook looked pretty cool, yeah. and it looked like at, at points he was using the grappling hook to interact with environmental elements, to like pull switches yeah. and levers. That looked fucking awesome. That that lever bit was wild. So I'm I'm it, very excited for that. I will definitely play that one when it comes out. I Was it Flying Wild Hog? I think is the name of the, yeah, the studio. something like that. I've enjoyed everything they've done so far. Did you ever play Hard Reset? No, not even familiar. That was what they did before that, and it's it's very good. E- equally kind mm. of just frenetic FPS combat, but in a futuristic, it's raining and there's robots kind of world. 
Oh, okay. I can I can get on board. Yeah, yeah, good time. Um, the second one they showed off was Carrion, which I know they've I think they showed off at the last at last year's Devolver Direct. Yeah. And that's that weird you are an evil demonic creature fucking with people in a side scrolling world. Yeah, just just gobbling people up and taking over their brains and shit. It's, it's fucking wild. Yeah, I, I'm still curious as to how that's going to, like, what the actual gameplay that's going to feel like. It's kind of hard to yeah. tell, like, how active versus sneaky it is. Yeah. But. Yeah, the, the movement looks, like, really sort of, like, liquidy. It looks just sort of like you're a big blob of water sort of moving through all these sort of pipey environments. Mm. But they're, like, actual 2D planes in, like a nor- that a normal platformer. Like, you'd have to traverse, but in this, you're just sort of, like, globbing onto walls and stuff. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to try that one out. Like That's one of those ones, almost like My Friend Pedro, where uh, I just, I feel like I need to play it to really understand it. Yeah, exactly. Very uh, on-brand for Devolver. Yes, yeah. Oh, I mean, and this, this year, all their stuff was very, very on-brand. Yeah. Uh, Olija, or Olijah? I didn't really know how to pronounce that one, even though they said it in the video. I don't remember. This was the uh, the side scrolling uh, sword based game with the nice oh, pixel yeah. art. Yeah, looked very pretty. Don't know, really know what to expect from that. Yeah, I- I'm definitely try it out. It looked very much it reminded me uh, a bit of uh, Blasphemous, which you can hear us talk about in Game Off. Danielle, please put in the number here. <laughs> Somewhere in the teens, I think. Somewhere, yeah, it was an early, early, early game off. Um, but the, the combat and movement kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, I, I thought it looked sharp. It's not my type of game, but you know, if if it comes out and it's just like one of those games you must play, like I'd definitely be on board. Yeah, and I th- there's a good shot that um, you know it's a Devolver published game, so that it's a a, a side scrolling pixel art game is. Very, as you said, on brand, on message for them. <laughs> yeah, that's devolver. Devolver and pixel art is not a like a concise descriptor. <laughs> and then you had Fall Guys, which I'm still not really sure I understand what that game is or how it plays. I, thought, I feel like that game has come out like ten times now, and there's like a subtitle to it now, so even more confused. Yeah, th- that seems to be that like the pre-release thing where like you know it's out for pre-release and people can play it and then it goes through like seasons and releases within pre-release and so you get to some weird like it feels like you're you're buying the when it releases it feels like you're buying like the third expansion pack for it yeah yeah that that definitely looks like a game that needs to be played like i i don't see how it would be fun but it's like wacky as hell to watch yeah and very, very. I yeah. like the visuals. Very bright colored. And yeah, I like. Exactly. I like anything that harkens me back to Viva Pinata with bright neons. <laughs> it, it reminded me of what was the that the like physics game that was just like the clay dudes beating each other up. Um, gang beats or gang. Yeah, beats gang or gang beats. Gang gang beasts. I think. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was more like that before I watched that trailer, and apparently this is more racing, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. It's somehow a battle royale, maybe? Yeah, like a racing battle royale, maybe? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it actually reminds me, looking at it, of when you'd go to a, like a county fair, and they'd have one of those big inflatable obstacle courses. 
Yeah, like that's, exactly. That's what I'm imagining the gameplay to be like. Like what it felt like as a child to try and climb up an inflatable <laughs> no- obstacle course. Yeah. It it definitely, after watching it, I was like, man, I don't know how there isn't like an MXC the game yet. And yeah. Maybe that's what this is. That's a good point. Because that, that is that is kind of what it feels like. People kept getting hit and falling over and knocked down things. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with how popular Ninja Warrior is. Like... Yeah, they're gonna be made. Ninja Warrior needs the better announcers, though. It it doesn't have <laughs> that that level of meta comedy on there. Uh, and then the last thing in that uh, that whole Devolver Direct was Serious Sam Four, which sure did did they stop working on the graphics engine like fifteen <laughs> years ago for that or? Yeah, the Serious Sam games have never been the prettiest. Serious Sam Three definitely looked a little dated when that one came out too. Well. They're sticking to their guns, then. Uh, they sure are, but now they're sticking to their guns in space. Whoa. They weren't all in space? They all had aliens. Yeah, but, like, the the, the big thing in the, the previous games is Egypt and running around, like, temples and stuff. Oh. Maybe just because it's easy to render sand. <laughs> that, that's going to be my cynical take on it. It's not a stylistic <laughs> choice. It's just, oh, we don't have to worry about, like, grass movement or trees if it's just sand everywhere. <laughs> Greg's a genius, man. <laughs> Give this guy a raise. <laughs> yeah, I don't see myself ever playing that game. <laughs> I I played the first three, and I've never finished one. <laughs> and I, it's one of those games that I just get to play. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just, <laughs> I've had enough. Thanks, thanks for the memories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sam, thanks for letting me hear people shouting and running backwards or strafing left and right and shooting. <laughs> yeah. I, what I was, did that game, uh, was it disc disc room come out? No, I don't know when that's coming out. That's yeah. That seemed like a game that was pretty close to release when they announced it last year, or at least showed it <laughs> off last year. I'm surprised who, to not hear anything from it. Who knows when that's coming out, man. <laughs> Who could possibly have that information? Uh, I'm hoping it's uh, me, and um, no, 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 no release date yet. Okay, no. Well, well, to wrap up, then, yeah, it's pretty, pretty much. I, I think that they had more stuff this year than last year. I think if I was disappointed with anything last year, it's like somehow they filled up an hour with like three indie game announcements. Uh, yeah, this year, last year, had. I think they had my friend Pedro. The, the original Carrion trailer. Yeah. Oh, oh no, last year they also had, um, was it Metal Wolf XD? That FromSoft game that came oh, out before Demon yeah. Souls? <laughs> that they yeah. were going to port and localize? Yeah, and they, they did do that, and mm-hmm. no one gave a damn. No. Good for them, though. Yeah, they, I mean... They've published a FromSoft game. <laughs> they're now they are now up there with some of the best pub, or the biggest publishers out there. They have that in common. Yeah, it's just them and Activision on that that hill. And Sony, I guess. <laughs> who who published Dark Souls originally? Atlas. Pretty sure. Was it? Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh Activision did Sek- Sekiro. Uh, Bloodborne is obviously Sony, and I think they had a canceled game with Microsoft at some point. Who doesn't? But, but yeah, well, 
Now Devolver's, Devolver's got them in their catalog. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it was it was a lot of fun to watch that conference for sure. It's always nice to break up the E3 season with that, which isn't really a season this year, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. And they had some they had a lot of good humor uh, at the expense of of games out there and the current games media and games uh like industry yeah. as they always do. <laughs> yeah. It's a very real tongue-in-cheek humor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they they had one line in there about promising to show gameplay and then showing gameplay that was very, very enjoyable, because I think it was only two episodes ago we were talking about that exact issue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, and uh, getting down with Bennett Foddy, the, uh, the dancing game. <laughs> that killed me. There was, there was a moment was there perfect. where I was ready to believe getting down with Bennett Foddy was going to be a real game. It's <laughs> all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Alright, speaking of people who sh- promise gameplay and show gameplay, you ready to go over to the uh, Ubisoft? <laughs> yeah. The Ubisoft conference. Yeah. So, so unlike their reputation, they they had a a forward conference this mm. week. Um, it was a showcase of a, a bunch of games that were either leaked already or previously announced, and then DLC for games and mobile games. Yeah. Generally, I was pretty disappointed with this one. Um, but we should also, before we get into it, mention yeah. Speaking uh, of speaking of, of forward stuff. and people maybe coming <laughs> forward. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> to, to have a really awkward segue. <laughs> yeah, uh, a few members, a uh, few high high up members at Ubisoft have uh, uh, had some serious accusations uh, leveraged against them and have left the company and in seeming droves, uh, leaving a bit of a power vacuum at Ubisoft, it seems. Uh, someone really high up at the the headquarters in France, like a VP, uh, the head of the Montreal studio, um, and I know their community manager was going through it a while back. So uh, how, how do you think they handled the response in the context of <laughs> the Ubisoft Forward Conference, Andy? You know, it went so fast, the response. <laughs> I'm I'm you know I may have missed a lot of it. So brave Ubisoft, so brave. I know I know that uh, Yves Guillemont, if I'm gonna just bastardize a, a French pronunciation there, said that he was going to be personally supervising some investigation into it. But I think that might have been on Twitter and in a press release around the same time, which seemed a bit odd because he was I think accused of helping foster this environment. So. Yeah, not a not a great person to have in yeah. charge, but you know that's fine. Yeah, people people definitely want like third parties or you know non biased uh, parties involved in the investigations because it's presumed that people that close to him, like yeah, he would have had some knowledge. Um, either way, like he's fo- clearly fostered a certain culture that enables this when you have like at least five people in management that are departing or on their way out because of, you know, sexual allegations. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a great time for them. And it does, if you're a cynical person, call, raise a bit of suspicion about these leaks that have happened around the Ubisoft forward (laughs) leaking just fun, new, exciting information about games that are coming out soon. Yeah, 
And that's all. Yeah. Just just very yeah. very harmless leaks. Things that wouldn't in any way like violate an NDA or violate a uh, you know, a a first look a promise first look <laughs> uh thing in a magazine or other news yeah. outlet. Yeah, just 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 little reminders that they're not exclusively in the business of you know groping and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> they also make video games. In case you'd forgotten. <laughs> yeah, this 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 obviously happens in like so many and in industries. Um, I forget who did this. This happened in sports recently. Oh, God, I can't remember what it is. But basically, there was like some real bad news that came out and then they're like, Oh, don't worry about that. We just signed this huge player. And everyone was like, Oh, cool. Let's talk about that instead. And it was like, it worked. It like so obviously worked. And you're like, come on, come on guys. That was like, <laughs> and then like news reports came out that they had signed him like weeks back, but they had, they knew that this was going to like come to a head. So they held out on the, the announcement. I, yeah, no, it was real gross, but nobody cared after a week. So you know, check checkmate corporations again. Yay! Um, I'll I'll look up that story and you know pop it in the description or something because I don't remember the details now, but it's pretty gross. There's there's a lot of people out there who've done better uh, dives into this than than we're probably going to do and have more nuanced or more informed yeah pieces on it. I know there have been you know actual people giving. Uh, anonymous or um, what's the other term I'm looking for? That's not, not I guess anonymous, right? That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, protected sources. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, I guess anonymous. Yeah, but yeah, there, there have been protected sources and, and and hidden sources that that have given some reporters more information. So yeah. do look that up, read up on the story, mm. um, so that it's not it's not all just look at how much fun hyperscape is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- this was just meant to be a quick aside because they're, it's a company that's in turmoil, twer- uh, turmoil and they should absolutely be held accountable, but that's not what we're talking about today. Right. So, you know, look look it up on your own time, like Andy said. But, you know, Ubisoft Forward, <laughs> they also make games. Yeah. Um, th- there's, a, there's some Ghost Recon stuff happening. Ghost Re- remember Ghost Recon Breakpoint? I try not to. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, do people still play that? Did did they release Sam Fisher DLC for that yet? Because maybe I'll continue to not play it when that comes out. No, nah, just just AI teammates, the kind of thing that you might have assumed that the game would have had on, on release. And uh, I only found out that it didn't have them on release while watching this Ubisoft board thing. No, Like, what was the game before that? Like, I still don't even know what it is. Like, it had loot, I guess. Oh, oh that God, was news yeah, to they, me. they had time for loot. They had time to put the loot in. <laughs> Of course they. You think did. they're stupid? No, they just they just didn't add AI teammates. <laughs> they also announced like what, like three mobile games or DLC for existing mobile games. That was unclear. Oh yeah, you had the um, you had Might and Magic Heroes Era of Chaos. That I don't that know real name? what Might and Magic even is anymore. That series has just been bastardized in so many different ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a puzzler, but you know, I've only played one Might and Magic game. Yeah. That was a fun one though. Oh yeah. Uh, and then you had Elite Squad, which was the tactical RPG featuring the, the full range of 
Tom Clancy memorable characters. <laughs> Featuring the bad guy from Breakpoint <laughs> and... Or was that that the guy from Wildlands? I can't uh, who fucking knows, man? That they're all He's... the same. I don't know why I'm getting yeah. angry about this. It's just <laughs> who knows? Just just to pretend like there's this Tom Clancy universe that we're all keeping up with. Oh my god, it's Ding Chavez. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I mean, I do know who Ding Chavez is, but I I didn't put together that it was supposed to be like a like a fucking hero universe thing. Until Sam Fisher came on, and then I remembered the guy with the cross tattoo from, like, a trailer a few years back. <laughs> I was like, oh, I see what they're doing, I guess. You didn't realize they were all in the same shared universe of wow. white guys shooting terrorists. <laughs> shooting not not white guys. <laughs> yeah. White guys shooting people with accents. <laughs> Domestic and abroad. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. You could have an accent here, an accent over there. <laughs> oh, it's getting dark. Oh man, yeah, it's it's getting too real. What did what did you think of uh, uh, Brawlhalla Mobile? No, watch Watch Dog Legion. No, Watch Dog Legion. Watch Dog Legion. Hey, they announced that game a year and a half ago. Um, but I, so I'm gonna have a really different opinion about this because. I, when that trailer first came out, I thought it looked like dog shit. Mm -hmm. I thought it looked pretty, but it was like, I don't, how is any of this supposed to be fun? Like, you're not, you're not catering this story around like specific, you know, people in the universe. Like you're just picking whoever you think is cool, but they don't have like a proper curated narrative. And then Watch Dogs is like, that's a big part of this, the, the franchise oh, yeah. the narrative. So... My opinion has changed greatly because I had recently gone back and 100% of Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs 2 back-to-back -back for some fucking reason. Um, and after... And Watch Dogs 1's dog shit. Let's move, that, <laughs> move past that. Watch Dogs 2, though, they did a really good job of opening up a lot of avenues for completing missions. I thought that the level design in that and just, like, or the mission design in that was actually fantastic. Oh, Watch Dogs 2 so, is a great game. Really is. So when I started to see what they were trying to do with all the different characters and all their different specialties, I finally got excited. I was like, oh, you know what? They, they're figuring out how to do this. Like after playing Watch Dogs 1 and only like an hour of Watch Dogs 2 prior to, you know, three weeks ago, I was like, this is not the game I want to play. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, Watch Dogs 2, they seem to figure out how to make this like different, like completely different experiences, all with one character, obviously, but um, with a lot of different play styles, a lot of different specialty trees. So with all these different unique characters, like the John Wick character, TM, and the grandma, and the, the drone specialist, it's like... I love Hacker like, Grandma. Yeah, like, yeah, I can absolutely see myself playing like two out of three of these, like this seems like a blast and like those characters would be great on my team, but maybe I wouldn't use that third character. Um, so I, I get it now and I'm a lot more excited. Also very topical game right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to play this. Cause they've, they've maintained that very, our games are not political thing. <laughs> sure. And I saw a recent article today that was talking about them their history of saying games are political, but then also using and reworking that that poem about the Holocaust. The first they came for the, and I said nothing because it didn't affect me. 
Yeah. And using that in their marketing strategy now and saying, is that the <laughs> smartest thing to be doing right now also with the game, with the company that historically tries to play that their games aren't political? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, may, may, just a little tone, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but sure. this is a very weird time to be releasing this game. It, it's almost too on the nose. Yeah. I was really wondering if they were going to pull back on it a lot because, like, Watch Dogs 2 is too on the nose, and that's even closer to, like, current era. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Dogs Legion's very much, like, dystopian fucking England. Yeah. Because of the things that are happening. You <laughs> like, know, literally right, right now. now. Literally right now. Yeah. It, but they have them. Back. For, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's brave of them. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of mad people for sure. Did you care about uh, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla stuff? Anything cool come from that that you remember? They're doing a lot of different things. Uh, I don't know if it's cool yet or not. Um, they've taken two years on this one, obviously, so it's theoretically a jump, a similar jump to from like Syndicate to Origins, but uh, I think it's still based on the same engine. It looks really familiar if you've played Origins and Odyssey, so I'm, I'm not... I wanted to be more excited. I also like went back and beat Odyssey not that long ago, and I was really looking forward to Valhalla because the same team that made Origins made this one, and like they've had this extra year to make the game. So I was really hoping for like a lot of advances, and I haven't seen them yet. Um, but they are trying to change up just you know the the core gameplay loops in the game. So it'll be a very different experience. I don't know what to expect. I'm not. As excited as I want to be, though. Are you bothered by the fact that women? Because I've seen a no, lot no. of people on Twitter that were upset at the historical inaccuracies of women. At women Vikings? I mean, I, I presume it was Viking, I, but I just it just seemed to cares? be at the it just seemed to be at the women. Why do you? Why do these people play video games? Just <laughs> go read a history book. Who gives a shit? I, I didn't I don't care. Didn't the last game have hydras? The, yeah, there was there was a, a Medusa. <laughs> there was mythical creatures ogres and, and cyclopses. And trained eagles that tell you where people are. Yeah. Yeah, don't be fucking stupid. <laughs> Get out of here with this shit. That I think they also implied that there's gonna be like gene editing too anyway via the, the animus. So none of it matters anyway. Like who cares? Who gives a shit? It's a video game. <laughs> I was going to ask your opinion, too, because you played Odyssey as well. Are you excited at all for Valhalla? No. No, I couldn't. No. I, it, it's... I want more from Assassin's Creed. I want more from... I want them to play around with the formula more. I want them to play around with the feel of the game more. And yeah. at some point, they're going to run out of recognizable times in the past. Because no one is going to want to play, like, Assassin's Creed Lisbon during the occupation of the Moors. Like, <laughs> yeah. like eventually they're going to run, run, okay, uh, fucking, do people know anything about India? Do, do people in America care about India? No? Okay. Not that one. <laughs> Catherine the Great? Yeah. She? Do you guys know who she is? Like, I, I want them, I want them to stop with the animus. No one cares anymore. Sure don't. Stop with all of it. And um, just, <laughs> I, I want it just like feel like I'm playing a different game entirely, like like you did from 
syndicate to origins that was like oh wow this is a this is a significantly different game and i didn't yeah, feel that yeah. with with uh valhalla I'll tell you. Yeah, I definitely get that. My my idea. I think we, you've talked. You know, I've talked about this this off the air. If you want to make a million dollars, is just take Assassin's Creed and make a Zorro game. Just then you can just imagine. I don't even have to explain yes. it to you. You can already imagine it. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Get Antonio Banderas in there. He's not doing anything. I don't think. <laughs> I assume I haven't heard of him doing anything, so he's probably he's, not. He's staying inside. Yeah, <laughs> like you're supposed to. You said that with a very threatening tone. <laughs> if he knows what's good for him, he'll stay inside. <laughs> I know where he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't too too hugely uh, excited with Valhalla. It, it looks pretty, and I will probably end up playing it eventually hmm. when it's on sale or you know they give it away for free when for a weekend because they've had another horrible week of press, like they did with <laughs> Watch Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> please, please, free game. Here you go. Uh, Far Cry Six, I, Far Cry Six, Giancarlo Esposito. That, that's cool. Yeah. The, the cinematic was cool. Didn't see any gameplay for that. I'm, I'm pretty sick about the Far Cry, sick of the Far Cry loop at this point. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'll I'll play it. I'll I'll end up buying it and playing it and having a, a B plus time, B B plus like I do with all of them. Yeah. That's, that was like my Far Cry Five experience. I was like, "Hey, this is this is better than four. Uh, okay, now it's uh, all right. <laughs> I wish it ended ten hours earlier yep. and then that, finished that ending, it begrudgingly. That was a fucking wild ending. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad I buckled in for the last couple hours. But like, I don't know how they're gonna top that. It, are these all in disconnected universes? Because it's like that's not something you just don't address in these games. <laughs> I think they are all disconnected, other than Far Cry 5 and New Dawn, which are, yeah. you know, one is literally an extension of the other. Yeah. But I think other than that, they are all supposed to be disconnected stories. Hmm. I don't know, though. Although I, I did see a lot, of, um, a lot of people saying that the little kid in the trailer might be Voss from Far Cry 3. As a child, that'd be interesting. I've seen a lot of like people doing forensic analysis on the scars on his face and the scars on Voss's <laughs> character. Yeah, like that level of digging into it. <laughs> they really want to believe. Holy cow! Yeah, I think that basically covers all the Ubisoft stuff. Pretty much. Um, there were some missing games. Uh, Gods and Monsters was mm. a game that was supposed to come out at the beginning of this year, and now they're just pretending it was never announced they still haven't just said fuck you we're not making beyond good and evil 2 they're still <laughs> yeah they have sure there's still no information about that which you know maybe they, maybe they're still working on it yeah sure <laughs> like three guys just locked <laughs> in a closet somewhere three interns probably so they don't actually invest any money in they've it. got one guy that for legal reasons they can't fire because of some contract thing. <laughs> if they if they fire him, they have to buy out his contract, and he was hired on at the beginning of Ubisoft, so technically he owns two-thirds of the company. So, all right, here, here you go. I want that to be true. Here, so bad. here you go, Gee. Why don't you go make this, uh, <laughs> make Beyond Good and Evil 2. That's your game. <laughs> here you go, Vermont cheddar cheese. <laughs> what, uh, did, didn't they also announce Wildlands 2? Did At some they? point? Did I didn't I do any research on this. I like vaguely, re not yesterday or a couple days ago, but like 
at some point. Uh, <laughs> just announcing anything. Maybe it's, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Rayman <laughs> Legends 2, uh, Prince of Persia Sands of Time 3. Whatever you want, please. Go go watch the Devolver Direct. It, it perfect, perfectly summarizes gaming. Okay, well... I guess I guess show, showcase time then. If there's no Wildlands two to talk about, uh, you know, actually, before we do our showcase, we're gonna have to go for a, a quick message from our sponsor. I'll, oh, I'll take I'll sure. take it this week. Uh, today's video is sponsored by Slotsy, one of biggest mobile dice games of 2020, <laughs> and it's totally free. Currently, almost 43 users have joined Slotsy over the last three months, and it is one of the most impressive games in its class with detailed dice and animations all of the dice in the game cannot be customized the dungeons have not been added currently with over two reviews slotsy has almost a perfect score on the play store the community is growing fast and the highly anticipated no new features are highly anticipated it is easier than now to start because it is a free game and you can just download it so what are you waiting for go to the video po podcast description click on the special the same links and get nothing because we don't it's not something we can offer in the game. Good luck, and I'll see you there. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I, I've played it, guys, and you should too. <laughs> Thanks to Slotsy for sponsoring today's episode. <laughs> what game are you going to talk to uh, us about today, Brett? <laughs> show, showcase time. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> today I'm talking about Slotsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh goodness ah oh, okay all right dragon ball z kakarot i know probably no one's heard of dragon ball z but <laughs> it was very popular in the late 80s early 90s in japan and then in the 2000s in america um this game Dragon Ball Z Kakarot follows the entire story of Dragon Ball Z, and it also has DLC for the more recent series that came out in the last five, six years, uh, Dragon Ball Super. Um, yeah, it follows the main character, whose name is Goku, not Kakarot, unless you speak uh, Saiyan, and then his name is Kakarot. Um, this game is a 3D non-planar action-adventure beat-em-up. What does that mean? Well, I was, that I was about that, to ask that question, so thank you. <laughs> that means that uh, you are you can fly, you can fight in the air, you can fight in water. Um, the combat is very much you know like just mashing, but you can also use special abilities. You can just dunk people into the earth and fly after them at light speed shoot them directly into the air every which way it's uh it uh doesn't doesn't tell you what to do at all just just lets you beat people up in every direction it's also uh it, i don't want to say there's an exploration aspect of it because i'm gonna i'm gonna neg on it a bit for the quote-unquote exploration in an open world um but it is it very much allows you to fly around these uh something like 10 or 12 different biomes and and they're all compartmentalized, I should note. It's not like true open world. Uh, there's a lot of loading screens. But, but yeah, the, the story is um, very, very, very closely tied to the entire story of Dragon Ball Z. So if you've seen that, this is all going to feel very familiar. Um, and if you haven't, you're in for a wild ride because it is, it is something else. <laughs> I saw 
probably a dozen episodes of Dragon Ball Z back in the early 2000s when it was when it was airing on Toonami, like I'm sure mm-hmm. 99% of other people who've seen Dragon Ball Z in the United States, <laughs> in our age group. Um, what percentage of the game deals with spirit bombs? Ooh, um, probably about 10 minutes. Really? Total. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. This... <laughs> yeah, if you watched... If you watch the anime, it's there's probably like 30 total episodes dealing with spirit bombs, but it's just because it takes one eternity to gather the energy for spirit bombs. Um, one of the things the game definitely does better is speeds up a lot of the, the parts of the Dragon Ball Z, the original um, anime, uh, and, you know, just just gets you through, <laughs> gets you to the action. There's there's still plenty of jibber jabbering. It's it's definitely still an anime that's targeted for like like teen boys, um, but you know yeah you're not spending you know 45 minutes just sitting in the air gathering energy for a spirit bomb. You get you actually do get that ability in combat, and it is one of the longer charging abilities. But it's like three seconds. It's nothing crazy. And you can just use it on command whenever you want to. If you need to, like, work out any of the frustration from watching the anime and being like, can you just fucking throw the thing? Jesus Christ. <laughs> the I'm a little actually confused as to what the gameplay looks like. Because you described it as, as non-planar, and I, I get that. I get the fight flying around and fighting. But, like, is it is it levels? Is it just like you no. enter into a battle and you almost like a dynasty warriors? Like you, you enter a battle, you fight that battle, and then it's in a, an enclosed area, and then you go back to a map. No, it's so it'll be it, there will be open world random encounters, not not completely random. You'll see them on the map, and you can also avoid them and stuff. But yeah, basically, when you collide into some enemies, it'll initiate a combat sequence. You don't get domed off or anything. So if you wanted to just keep kicking the guy across the entire map. You could, in theory, do that. All right, that um, sounds pretty great. Yeah, it'd be the absolute slowest way to kill somebody, but, you know, maybe you're a sadomasochist and that's what you're into. No judgments. The game gives you the freedom to play how the players want to play. Okay. And is it, like, just otherwise like an RPG? Like, you're going from town to town, picking up quests, and and then in between towns you're getting your random encounters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, pretty much, pretty much uh, so the game will open it up to you a lot to move around, like as much as it can in the context of the story. Like sometimes things will just be too urgent for you to be able to be like, oh, well, I'm going to go and gather some orbs and farm XP or get some, some rocks from the Rocklands and stuff like that. You'll it'll be like, OK, well, you're in this fight, then you're in the next fight, because otherwise, like all your friends are going to die. Like, <laughs> You don't just get a break and get to fly around, but it gives you as many opportunities as you can to fly from city to city, pick up side quests, uh, try and discover things like recipes. The The exploration in the game's not all that great. There's not really anything interesting to find. Like you find memories, which are just like little like clips from like the original Dragon Ball because the the Dragon Ball Z universe technically is like Dragon Ball, then Dragon Ball Z, then Dragon Ball Super. So this game doesn't directly deal with anything before Dragon Ball Z. So you'll get like little 
memories to sort of get you more immersed in the Dragon Ball verse. Are those just like clips from the show? Not even. They're like little photographs with like descriptors of how maybe Goku met an important character or something like that. Okay. But yeah, the, there's not much to do or find in, in the exploration parts of the game. Um, get opportunities to like train and learn new skills. Um, side quests, like I said, which aren't exactly, you know, thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> They're all very simple. Like fight, fight some dude, collect some items fight some other dudes. Okay. I, I, for some reason, I was picturing this as a very different game, and so like, I'm basically dragging out of you the idea of what sounds like a fairly standard RPG. Yeah, it's... I think it's the combat that really sets it apart. Yeah, other, um, other than the, the the way the combat resolves. But, like, just the, the general yes. combat set, or combat-to-combat combat movement is standard RPG. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. Other than, other than like the the flying, like as, as a person and the vehicles, I guess, which you I don't know why you use, but the yeah, like the the traversals a little bit unique, the combat's a little bit unique, but everything else, yeah, standard fare pretty much. Oh, okay. I mean, that actually sounds like it'd be kind of fun if if the the beat 'em up combat's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's I. <sighs> Here's the interesting thing about the combat is I still don't know if I like it or not because sometimes it's like really satisfying and i think that's only when you like thoroughly dumpster somebody <laughs> and you're just like oh everything's clicking like i'm hitting this guy he's trying to hit me i juke him or i block him at the perfect time and then i counter and then i send him flying and then i blast him with a kamehameha and like then it's just like whoo that felt good and then other times you go get into combat with like seven enemies and you're just getting kicked around like a fucking pong ball and you can't do shit for five minutes. And then you're like, this is the most frustrating thing I've ever done. Um, so I think that like if they didn't use up the entire story of Dragon Ball, there could have been a really interesting opportunity to work on this gameplay. I would like to see a, a different version of this, like a sequel in the future. I don't know what the hell that would look like, but I think there's still a lot of opportunities to make this like a, a 9 out of 10 game instead of like an 8 out of 10 game. So the... No, no, you already answered that. I was asked how many people you're going to have in a thing, but you already answered that. You said you can get up to like 7 or 8 people in a bit of combat. Yeah, you can first 7 or 8 people. You can have two allies at any one time. How's, how does that play? Um, um, there, they, there's no logic that you can build into them. Um, you can set certain special abilities for them and cast them like once every 30 seconds. Otherwise they'll just auto attack every once in a while. Uh, as someone who and, has no real connection to the Dragon Ball universe, other than, you know, a couple of months of my teenage years watching Toonami, am I gonna, like, is this gonna not click with me? Is this more geared towards existing fans? It's really hard to say is I, as an existing fan and as someone who played this game or watched this, the entire series again, a year ago, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it, it probably the best case scenario would have been having watched it when it first aired, not to watching it a single time since, and then replaying it again, because it does justice to all those like really um, like specific plot points and all the plot twists. And it does, uh, some of like the, the more quintessential, like 
shots from the series that people remember. Like it always does those correctly. So I think it's it's geared towards like long time ago fans that are looking for an excuse to get back into Dragon Ball. Um, as a first timer, it'd probably be pretty fucking weird. But <laughs> it's it's a very charming universe. It's so weird, nonsensical that like you may enjoy it anyway. Okay. But it's very very hard to follow if you're not watching, you know, the the fucking six hundred hours of Dragon Ball content. I I see things I'm probably not going to do that. I'm probably not yeah. gonna watch the six hundred. Like I, I might check out the game because the way you're describing it, like if it's good beat 'em up combat, that could be a lot of fun. Hmm. I yeah. I I'd be very curious to talk to someone who hasn't watched any Dragon Ball and played this because I can't even imagine a life without Dragon Ball, so it's like hard to even pretend. How is the, is there a lot of customization? Like, are you kind uh, of, or is it one of those RPGs where you're kind of like you're you're playing a set character and this is what that set character is like? You you play a good variety of characters, despite the name of the game being the main character. Um, you're actually playing a majority of the game as other characters. Um, Bold. But it, they all they all do have unique combat sets and play very differently. But there's not many opportunities to customize them individually. Um, you can set only four abilities, and then you have passive abilities. But you have enough space for all those, and you shouldn't ever really need more than four special abilities anyway. So <laughs> I feel like there's that's not... a, there's like a bit of judgment in what you're saying there. Like you're like yeah, yeah. If you need more than four special abilities. You're doing something wrong there, buddy. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's just like the way the game is built. Okay. Like you have like, you have like a, a guard break and it breaks the guard. You have a stun break and it breaks the stun. And then you have damage abilities and then you have distance damage abilities. And that's pretty much it. And they start to reiterate on themselves based on that those basic concepts. So eventually you get a better version of the thing that does one of those things. And it's foolish to have two of those things on your hotbar. Okay, that makes sense. I guess that mm -hmm. makes a little bit more sense. I, I don't think I have any other questions for you. Like, I'm actually kind of intrigued by this game. I, I kind of feel like I might want to buy it. Yeah, the the thing that really made me buy it, and like, I wasn't I was interested in but not excited about it because I had just watched Dragon Ball and I had heard someone say something very true about this and it's, you're going to enjoy this a lot less if you've watched Dragon Ball Z recently. Um, and if I hadn't watched it recently and played it, I probably would have liked it five times as much. Mm. Um, but it's it's a very unique game. I'm really glad I finally got around to playing it. I'm constantly shocked that they were able to execute on any of the vision that they had for this game because I would have said that this was an unadaptable game or un unadaptable franchise in this form. Obviously, you can have, like, fighting games and stuff based in this universe. That's pretty simple, and that works pretty well, too, honestly, except for Jump Force. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's constantly surprising me. It's not perfect, but it's a lot of fun. So you'd recommend it? Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it for sure to, to old fans, like I said. For someone who's watched it recently i would say maybe skip through a lot of the the dialogue and stuff because it's just going to be you know the dragon balls you love but like in video game form and it's not like a game that 
is you know cinematic first like a last of us it's like it's like oh we have these cutscenes, but everyone's standing around with no facial animations or anything and they're just you know rolling out all the fucking dialogue um so as far as the narrative goes you're obviously going to get a better experience with the anime but old time fans definitely going to enjoy this um brand new fans maybe recent fans less so but still a very unique experience cool do you have anything else you wanted to say on it because i i don't have any other questions um let me check my notes yeah i think one of the things that i didn't touch on too much was that the the open world is segmented um it's very much compartmentalized into those biomes i mentioned so there's not much many times where you're in that the same biome for a long period of time so one of the more annoying things, and this may be the first time I've thought this with the new console generation coming out, but I cannot wait for fucking SSDs on consoles because <laughs> there is a goddamn loading screen in this game every 15 seconds. Jeez. Oh, it's it's exhausting. Um, but yeah, that, that was all my thoughts on that. Good game. Not, not perfect. Not close to perfect, but very surprising entry into the... Just Dragon Balls verse. You know, I I may actually end up trying this out, and if it does, I'll uh, I'll report back here, or if I do, if I yeah. if it does, Let's if see. I do, <laughs> I'll report back here. <laughs> if I do, Andy, you played uh, Deep Rock mm-hmm. Galactic this week. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I actually I wanted to talk about Crucible initially, uh, that that amazing game that Amazon released for a hot minute and then pulled back, <laughs> but. I went to to try playing it again just to remind myself what it was like last night, and it, I was still in the party that I had created like two months ago <laughs> when I originally installed the game, and I couldn't remove anyone from my party. What? And I couldn't figure out how to play the tutorial. Like, I, I, I'm just in a party. I can't get anyone out of it. What are you? T- and I can't figure out how to replay the tutorial. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't figure out anything. What are you talking about? So I was like, Fuck this. <laughs> I couldn't join a game because it was waiting for the rest of my party members, <laughs> but none of none of them are on, and I can't remove them. All I can do is report them. <laughs> that was the only option. Like this, this is. So I was Don't like, continue. "All right, fuck this game. I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do Deep Rock Galactic because <laughs> fuck this. Deep Rock, Deep Rock Galactic is a really fun mining game. You are a space dwarf gnome guy. Uh, I think they're dwarves, and you are on a space station uh, as one of four classes of a guy with big drill arms, a guy with a, a shotgun and a cool flare gun, uh, another guy with like a machine gun, and then a fourth guy who might have a flamethrower, I think. I never play as him. I always play as the guy mm. with the flare gun. Um, he's like the scout class. He's the best. <laughs> and you go on, you go from this little like space station thing on missions deep into caves inside of various parts of a planet. And you are going in there to mine away and find crystals and shit or spider eggs and other insect eggs or the remains of previous um, groups that have gone down there. And then you dig all that shit up and then bring it back for money. And then you get your, you know, almost like a like a killing floor, any of those kind of mission based you, you kind of play the missions forever, keep upgrading your character, upgrading the weapons, unlocking new skills and abilities and all that stuff. 
the big thing that draw, draws me to it is it has the thing that I love in games more than almost anything else, destructible <laughs> environments. And it does them so well. You've got a little pickaxe that you can just plink away. And that's how you, you harvest these these ores, is you plink away at them, knocking them out of the wall and collecting them until you can't carry any yeah. more ore. What do you do when you cap out? Oh, then there's uh, a little robot that's, um, a, they call it a mule, and it's like a little four-legged, uh, it almost looks like a, a jacked-out version of those Boston Dynamic dog <laughs> robots. <laughs> and it comes, you call it to you, and then you dump all your shit into this mule. And you keep going through there, collecting red crystals and all these other crystals, until you've achieved whatever it is you're trying to do. And this is where things get real fun. Or I think it's very interesting, very interesting mechanic. When you say that you're done, you go up to the mule and you're like, hey, I got all my shit. And the mule calls back up and the mule, and to the space station, the space station, okay, cool. We're sending the we're sending the thing, ba- the big drill pod back down to pick you up. But it's back where you started. Mm-hmm. So you now have to make your way through all the digging and exploring cave you've done back to where you originally came in. Which sounds like it would be a huge pain in the ass, but the mule also has to get back. Yeah. So you're basically following the mule, and the mule every 20 feet or so drops a little uh, green beacon so that you can follow it. But the, the difference with the mule is the mule can walk on walls. And so it will, so it will just, you know, you'll, there'll be a cavern that you kind of just jumped down into, and the mule will just traverse right yeah. up it. And then you'll be like, oh shit, I need to figure out a way to get up there, and I have five minutes to do so. <laughs> I was going to ask, what's what's the average time it would take you from, you know, the end when you've completed your mission? And also, what what does completing a mission look like? Part of this question. Um, mm-hmm. But how long does it take you from completing the mission to get back to your ship? Is it like a 15-minute experience, like an epic Indiana it, well, Jones you have, adventure? You have five minutes. It's always five minutes? You have five minutes. Okay. You have five minutes to get back. And I've had times where I barely made it back. And other times where I've made it back with, you know, three minutes to Mm -hmm. spare. Because you didn't end up moving all that far because what you needed to get was kind of close enough. Um, It's great. That that whole part of it, that loop is fantastic. There are spider ant demon creatures that are around there that are crawling around. And very Left 4 Dead style, they will come in random waves. Mm -hmm. And they'll just like, hey, there's a wave of them. You better hunker down and, and fight them off. And you do so, and it's great. And they're fun to shoot, and they have a bunch of different types. Some that do acid, some that do electricity, some that fly and grab you. You know, your standard kind of variety pack of enemies. They kind of remind me of the, um, I'm not going to know what the hell they were called, from Borderlands. The big ant things in Borderlands that you fight. Spider ants. Yeah, yeah, spider ants. I I want to call them ant lions, but those are the ones from Half-Life. Yeah, the spider ants, those things. So you fight them. Sometimes you have to go find their eggs. That's some of the things you have to bring back. There's really, really fun gameplay there. Everything's really dark, so you're constantly throwing down flares, which kind of just regen, uh, and just throwing them down to light the areas that you're in. Or if you play as a scout like I do, um, you have a gun that you can shoot that lights up a huge fucking area. <laughs> it basically like shoots a flare up into the ceiling or that'll attach the wall and lasts a couple of minutes and lights up a huge fucking area so you can actually see what the mm. fuck you're doing. And that would probably be my only complaint about the game, and it's more my own personal style than anything else. I don't like games where you play in the dark. <laughs> too spooky? Uh, partially because it's too spooky, but also partially just like, I just don't think it's fun. I don't, 
lighting is almost never done realistically. Like, go into your basement or your garage, turn all the lights off at night, and then shine a flashlight. Like a, like a decent mag light flashlight. Mm-hmm. And does, do, does it just light up a little three foot wide <laughs> area? Or does it basically light the whole fucking garage? <laughs> so that you can kind of basically yeah. see everywhere. Yeah. And, and games just don't do that because it's not, you know, it's not spooky. Can you imagine if floor, floor lamps did also, that, how fucking useless they'd be? It's like, oh, look, <laughs> yeah, look, the ceiling is illuminated in this fucking two square feet area. I see all these YouTube videos of people buying these like 18 billion lumens flashlights that can melt through <laughs> fucking planes. <laughs> and every idiot, every, every fucking idiot in a game where you play in the dark has the equivalent of like a little pen light <laughs> or what I had in Cub yeah. Scouts. Two mismatched batteries and a dollar store flashlight. Yeah, it's very frustrating. And this game, because of you know you're running around in a cave, it's necessarily dark, mm-hmm. but it does. The game's balanced around it, so it's not like it's bad. It's not done in poorly or incorrectly. I just don't like it. <laughs> I just wish there were lights. And I I've looked several times to see if I could download like a trainer or cheats to just turn the <laughs> lights on in the fucking game, please. <laughs> turn all the fluorescence on the ceiling, huh? But you get you go through a very um very enjoyable little loop of going down there, collecting your shit, having fun adventures in these caves, barely making it out through these scrapes and then going back up and going through it again. So I'm (laughs) full disclosure. I've actually played a few hours of this game. So I'm like struggling to ask questions because I know the answers to most of them. What was was the grappling hook class? That's the one I played. Oh, yeah, so you've got a bunch of different, like, ways of traversal. Yeah. The grappling hook, I believe, is is the scout. He's the one that I usually oh, play. Okay. Um, he... I like him because, especially if you're playing with a group, <laughs> his grappling hook does not help anyone else traverse <laughs> the level. Whereas, like, other people, they'll set up a zip line that other people that you can go across. Oh, zip line. Or they'll shoot little platforms. Yeah, the zipline guy. The guy I usually play games with, he usually plays with the, is the zipline guy. And so he can create traversal and I can light mm. things up. And I also can traverse things, so I don't really need him. But, you know, it's nice that he feels <laughs> you know, helpful. Um, so, so what does progression look like in this game? Because um, it seemed from my experience, my limited experience, there's a lot and a lot of progression and a lot of grinding for that progression. Oh, it's a very grindy game. I, it reminded me a lot of Killing Floor, if you've ever played that one. Mm-mm. In that it's, you keep playing rounds over and over again, you slowly um, doing little, I'm trying to think of the word, the word doing, doing, getting little bits of experience, and you're moving up the experience bar, and every time you level up, you can unlock another ability, but the ability is a small mm. buff. So it's, you can run for three seconds longer. You yeah. take five more seconds before you bleed out. You your guns do two percent more damage. So it's a, a little like a uh, little little bit roguelike, a little bit nephilim slash like ascension level, like that sort of slow exactly. progression. Yes, yeah. The, the the ascension level and nephilim level is a, is a good comparison because it's very bit by yeah. bit, and there's a lot of stuff to unlock, but it is very bit by bit. Uh, on the other side of it, you also have things that you can unlock with your guns that are similar boons, but they happen faster. Mm. So, and it, it they feel bigger because it's here is um, 
you know, here is 20% larger clip size or 30% faster reload speed, but it's one thing. You know, yeah. each each weapon has like two or three upgrade slots and that this is the one thing that you can put in that yeah. one upgrade. So you get like those milestone upgrades, basically. Exactly. And you unlock new weapons after a while if you've done enough of your, you know, these... There's not really a story per se, but you've got your story, your certain progression path that you're going down. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes, you know, okay, this is your progression path. And if you do these five missions in a row that are kind of, we're, we're going to make sure that they're this type of mission, this type of mission, this type of mission. Um, then you finish the first part of the story and you unlock this new mm-hmm. weapon. But it's very much just keep playing and grinding through these things over and over again and with games like that, it boils down to the amount of variety in that grinding mm-hmm. and what the gameplay types are. I'll share one story that, that I came across, or came across, that I experienced because I played this game. Oh, crap, they're going to figure out that I don't play games and I base all of my things off of IGN reviews. <laughs> Shit. They already know. It's too late. Um, I One of the missions I went on was to go down and recover the mule from a lost group so you had to go down there you had to find the mules you had to repair them and let them go back to a pod that's already there and then defend it as it's you know you're doing different things and having getting it its computer updated so that it can go back up to the station on its own and then you leave but it was in this area that was kind of like earthquake prone and full of lava okay and every so often there's just a big shaking that creates these new dynamic cracks throughout the environment that are just full of lava now that's fucking wild it was awesome and terrifying <laughs> as me and my buddy are running through here. And one of the things that we're supposed to find ended up falling down and basically being stuck on the wall on one of these oh, cracks. God. So we were running around for 15, 20 minutes trying to find it. And we eventually thought like, wait, was that box that we saw down there? Is that what we're supposed to be getting? Is it the thing that's in the lava crack? <laughs> and so we had to jump down and basically like, this this broken down mule is embedded in the side of this chasm that, that's lava at the bottom, and we had to jump down onto it and stay there for like two minutes or a minute as it was uploading information <laughs> so that we could get out. Like, it was just... And it was this really, you know, this the kind of gameplay that another game would have painstakingly made sure happen yeah. that just happened dynamically because it's a lava level, these geysers and cracks keep appearing, and sometimes they appear in ways that fuck with your progression. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, it was it was it will probably go up there as my one of my top 100 memorable gaming moments. Yeah. Because we were just screaming with terror and panic <laughs> trying to make it out of this thing. And especially it took so long to find the things cuz they were all buried and in lava that we were at like 40 minutes for this level when it should take 15 maybe. Yeah. So it like it was even more imperative that we make this work and we get out of there so we didn't just waste the last hour <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it seems like you get a lot of opportunities for these like sci-fi indiana jones experiences yes that yeah sci-fi indiana jones is a great description of it as you're or you're seeing down some calves and you're figuring i need to get down there but there's no way for me to get down there without breaking both of my legs and dying <laughs> so what do i do how do i get down there successfully so so, so what happens if you do die? Do you fail the mission, or can your buddy res you? Your buddy can res you. Um, you can also, in if you play by yourself, 
you can get a little like helper robot. So that thing that that Ghost Recon Breakpoint just add, added of AI teammates. <laughs> Deep Rock Galactic already has that. This, this little indie and gem. This little indie gem that's that was in early access for like a year and a half, two years, something like that. Much like Slay the Spire, where it, I think most people who were aware of it for a while were you know, people who are playing it now are people who have already been playing it for a year before its yeah. release. Uh, but you have you have AI teammates and they will come res you or the your teammates can come get you up. It's you know standard mechanic yeah. there, N- nothing to stand out there. The uh, the the home base seemed pretty interesting. There was like a lot of tiers and secrets to it. You discover anything interesting there? You can find a couple little things. I've not found anything like really mind blowing, mm. and I can't tell if that's because it's not there, or I'm not clever enough, or <laughs> they haven't added it yet. Because it could easily be both. Yeah. Because it's definitely a very like they've they've put a lot of thought into this game, mm-hmm. and they clearly have anticipated the way that people are gonna poke around in there. So I don't know. Well, I haven't found anything yet. I will update if I do find anything cool in there. So, the the dev cycle for this sort of implies that this is gonna be more of a game game as a service moving forward. Do they have like a a roadmap that, or at least? some ideas of what they're doing with the game in the future. I believe so. They were pretty open with their roadmap when they were, uh, when they were in development. Mm. And I believe they've had stuff there. I haven't actually really looked that much into it. Unfortunately, I saw, I can't that's, say a hundred percent that they do or don't. That's definitely like a T-bone question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be a gotcha if I, there were any stakes to this at all. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's all my questions. What's, uh, who, who would you recommend this game to? I think if if you like games like Left 4 Dead or... I don't know why I can only think of zombie games that have the same formula, but like the there's a set number of missions that you can do or types of missions that you can do and you kind of just keep selecting the next one. Like Payday, I think, is another one that's like that. You mm-hmm. can say is in that similar vein. Um, I think this is that kind of thing. It's it's think it's if you had a good group that just enjoy shooting the shit and playing because a lot of it is just walking around exploring this cave and finding gems. Yeah. So there is a lot of time to just kind of shoot the shit while you're harvesting things, and then everything goes to hell and you have to panic. <laughs> but <laughs> for a short period of time, it's very very relaxing. <laughs> yeah, that that was one thing I was going to add too. A, a lot of my experience was actually getting back to the drill fairly quickly, and then like having to dig in there and like fight just waves of spiders and shit. And it's like absolutely terrifying. Cause it's like, like get out of here. Fucking like get down here. Drill. Oh God. Like <laughs> just shit like that. Like where's the ship <laughs> or one buddy's lagging yeah, behind. Like, get out. Come on. At moments it does feel very much like starship troopers in a yeah. cave. <laughs> like you <you're> <laughs> because these things are just coming at you and a lot of them die quickly. Uh, and you run out of ammo very quickly as well. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. It, it can get very tense. But in in a way that feels pretty well balanced. I, at no point did I feel like the game was just, you know, giving me a big fuck you, try again. You know, fuck yeah. you, try harder, fuck you, get good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only think I failed like one or two missions. Uh, and only one probably at that point. And it was like, 
completely got completely out of hand. Like it, it, the game definitely treats you the way you deserve to be treated. <laughs> like if if you're just there, like like one shotting things with a pistol from time to time, like you can get overrun in seconds. But if you're if you're on it, like you should be able to handle it just fine. Yeah, I, th- I think if if you and if you're good at or you're cognizant of resource management and not just burning through your all your ammo very quickly, yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, ready to rank our yeah, games? Yeah. All right. Let's rank them. Where where do you think Deep Rock belongs? Deep Rock's going at number 4, uh, above Street of Rage but below Monster Train. I cannot get <laughs> I'm not used to using a MacBook. Um, come on, come on. Andy Vamp. Okay. Um, one of the really cool things about Deep Rock Galactic <laughs> is how cool it is and the fun you can have when you play it. Um, no, it's got indestructible environments. All of you fucking cowards out there in the game industry, these indie people made destructible environments and you're not doing it. What the fuck is wrong with you? All of you. Minecraft Dungeons didn't have destructible environments. Deep Rack Galactic has really good, like, you can get a guy with big fucking drill arms and just drill right through and just dig a tunnel like your Shredder's drill thing in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It's amazing. Go more, more destructible environments and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put carrot. Why did I write it like this? I'm already confusing myself. I'm gonna put Dragon Ball Z carrot carrot top. God damn it, Kakarot <laughs> at number two after Gears Tactics and before Deliver Us the Moon. So, out of the eight games I've played, nice. number two. Nice. Good that we had a week where we both liked the games that we yeah. played. Yeah, isn't that nice? It, it definitely is because there was a. There was maybe a, a chain of three or four episodes uh, where, boy. Where one of us was miserable. Boy, <laughs> just slitting our wrists on the air, just completely dejected talking about the games. Like, why did I put myself through this? I don't understand. I don't even know if I like video <laughs> games anymore. <laughs> Good week. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, our, our next episode should be after the Xbox showcase. No idea what I'm going to be playing next. Uh no no idea (laughs) that'll be a surprise um but yeah tune in again for episode 35 and be sure to like us and subscribe us especially on you know twitter facebook or whatever listening platform you're on or even on youtube you know there's no video you probably don't want to see me here uh shirtless uh standing up in my closet because that's what's happening right (laughs) now because it's very hot but check us out game off yeah and if you've got if you've got questions, uh, you got comments, anything you want us to talk about, you want us to cover, please send them. You know, tweet us at Game Off Podcast, and we'll happily cover them in the show. You know, assuming they're not dumb. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's been episode thirty-four. See you later. See you later.